Hello, I'm Rubina Margosian and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of November 24. In the news, during a live press conference, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan says that since Russia never delivered arms Armenia paid for, an option to resolve the issue could be reduction of Armenia's debt to Russia. Germany commits 84.6 million euros of aid to Armenia as assistance for the forcibly displaced population of Artsakh, and Armenia submits its sixth proposal of the peace treaty to the Azerbaijani side. Today, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan has been answering more than 500 questions from citizens of Armenia during a live Q&A session that began at 12 p.m. and is still continuing as we record this podcast. The Prime Minister said that in the upcoming talks with Azerbaijan, Armenia will try to clarify whether Baku agrees to sign a peace treaty on the basis of the three principles that were mediated by the EU. Pashinyan repeated the principles. Armenia and Azerbaijan recognize each other's territorial intent the political basis of the delimitation process is the Almaty Declaration. Regional communications should be opened with respect for the jurisdiction and sovereignty of the countries based on the principle of reciprocity and equality. Pashinyan went on to say that one of the biggest problems Armenia has had in the last 30 years is a 30-year long blockade. He expressed hope that Armenia will overcome it with peace and the crossroads of peace project. He explained that Azerbaijan is seemingly not interested in the crossroads of peace project proposed by Armenia because Baku is implementing the project on opening communications with Iran. He stressed that one of the principles of the crossroads of peace project is that each country will carry out customs and border control on its territory through its institutions. Reflecting on the arms deal with Russia, Pashinyan said that Armenia paid Russia for arms supplies, but Russia has failed to deliver. Discussions are taking place now, he said, on mechanisms to use to solve the issue. One of the options, according to Pashinyan, for example, could be the reduction of Armenia's debt to Russia in the size of the paid amount. This is one of the options, he said, not the only option. Pashinyan spoke about the reforms that are taking place in the Armenian armed forces as well. He stressed that the reforms are taking place uh, after study international experiences, among other things, and as part of the reforms, he mentioned the certification procedure, which enables service persons to raise their salaries by passing a test. And uh, by the way, a side note, this is also a similar policy that's being implemented uh, by the Ministry of Education, whereas teachers can get higher salaries uh, provided that they renewed their certifications. Back to Pashinyan. Pashinyan also spoke about the issues of the return of Nagorno Karabakh's forcibly displaced population, which is currently under discussion in international platforms. Pashinyan said that the Armenian government will do everything in its power for the forcibly displaced people of Nagorno-Karabakh to stay in Armenia if they don't have the opportunity to return home to Artsakh. He added that because of the situation created after September 19, which forced Armenians to leave in the first place, their return is not so realistic. Reflecting on a question Regarding Armenia's CSTO relations, Pashinyan stated that Armenia's decision whether it will stay or leave will be guided by Armenia's national interests solely. He went on to say that in a situation where Armenia does not receive any help from CSTO and its membership to the organization becomes an obstacle to getting assistance from other places, Armenia will have to prioritize its national interests. Pashinyan also touched upon the issue of POWs and said that it is in the center of the government's attention. And 
understand that this humanitarian issue is being used for political purposes. We have even expressed our willingness to exchange Azerbaijani prisoners convicted in Armenia with our prisoners on the principle of all for all, he said. Pashinyan was also asked about the Armenian enclaves in Azerbaijan. He said that at the moment there is no specific agreement on the topic. When we make a decision, you will know about it and we will discuss it, he said. And uh, to a question regarding the situation of the Armenians living in Russia in the context of the current tense situation of Armenia-Russia relations, Pashinyan said that Armenia considers Russia a partner country and will do everything to ensure that its relations with the country are based on mutual respect. Germany's government will provide 84.6 billion euros of aid to Armenia in the form of grants and loans as an assistance to the forcibly displaced population of Nagorno-Karabakh. The aid was announced on November 22 by Armenia's economy minister Vahang Keropian and Germany's secretary of state for economic development and cooperation Niels Annen. A day earlier, Samantha Power, the head of the U.S. International Development Agency, also announced that the U.S. will allocate an additional $4 million for food and emergency shelter for about 70,000 people from Nagorno-Karabakh. Power had tweeted, two months ago, Azerbaijan's military operation in Nagorno-Karabakh forced more than 100,000 people to leave their homes and move into neighboring Armenia. The U.S. continues to stand with the ethnic Armenians from Nagorno-Karabakh, she wrote. Hikmet Hajiev, the assistant to the president of Azerbaijan, reacted, uh, saying that there is no more room for U.S. aid in Azerbaijan. The United United States was by Armenia's side during the 30-year occupation of Azerbaijan's territories. Now that policy continues in the same form and manifestation, he said. And on November 20, UK's Minister of Europe, Leo Dokerti, arrived in Armenia as part of his regional visit. Ahead of his arrival in Yerevan, Dokerti stated that the South Caucasus faces significant security challenges, both internally and from its neighbors, which threaten to destabilize the region, adding that in this context, the UK is a reliable partner for reform, peace, and stability. The UK embassy's readout mentioned that the Minister for Europe arrived in Yerevan ready to build on the momentum of last week's UK-Armenia strategic dialogue in London, during which both sides agreed to enhance cooperation in trade security and on the rule of law. These points were further discussed during his visit in Yerevan with Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan. Following his visit to Yerevan, Dokerti arrived in Baku, where he met with Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev. According to the Azerbaijani media, during their meeting, Aliyev stated that Baku is ready to normalize relations with Yerevan and there are no obstacles to signing the peace treaty anymore. And as a reminder, this is Dokerti's third visit to the region this year. And on November 18, the International Court of Justice issued an order against Azerbaijan in response to Armenia's request for additional provisional measures following Azerbaijan's military attack on Artsakh on September 19 and the subsequent ethnic cleansing of Armenians. ICJ indicated the following provisional measures, that the Republic of Azerbaijan shall, in accordance with its obligations under the International Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination, ensure that persons who have left Nagorno-Karabakh after September 19 and who wish to return to Nagorno-Karabakh are able to do so in safety. Ensure that persons who remain in Nagorno-Karabakh after September 19 and who wish to depart are able to do so in safety. And ensure that persons who remain in Nagorno-Karabakh after September 19 or 
returns to Nagorno-Karabakh who wish to stay there are free from the use of force and intimidation that may cause them to flee. The ruling also said that Azerbaijan shall recognize and give effect to civil registers, identity documentations, and property titles and registers established by the authorities of Nagorno-Karabakh and shall not destroy or confiscate such registers and documents. Armenia's foreign ministry welcomed the decision, stating that during the history of the court, a measure like this one has never been applied to any state within the framework of a single judicial proceeding. Azerbaijan also welcomed the decision made by the court, stating that Baku is satisfied that the court rejected the groundless and absurd demand for the withdrawal of all military and law enforcement personnel from all civilian establishments in Nagorno-Karabakh occupied as a result of its armed attack on September 19, 2023, which was indeed a part of the provisional measures requested by Armenia. Baku is ready to ensure the protection of all civilians of the region, regardless of their nationality. Azerbaijan has never deported the Armenians of Karabakh. They were the ones who despite Baku's calls not to leave the region, decided to move to Armenia. And on November 21, Armenia's foreign ministry announced that the Armenian side has submitted its sixth proposal of the peace treaty to the Azerbaijani side. A couple of days before, Hikmet Hajiev, assistant to Aliyev, said that Baku is waiting for the proposals of the Armenian side regarding the peace treaty. And yesterday, Armenia's foreign ministry reported that on November 30, a meeting of the demarcation commissions of the two countries will take place at the state border of Armenia and Azerbaijan. The commissions are headed by the deputy prime ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan, Meher Grigorian and Shahin Mustafaev. This week, Tovio Klar, the EU special representative for the South Caucasus, said that the EU's primary interest is to have a peace treaty between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and where it is signed is not the issue, nor is it important. Referring to Aliyev's decision not to go to Granada, Klar said that the EU was disappointed because they believed it was an important opportunity for both countries. However, Klar stressed that the EU President Charles Michel is ready and wants to organize a leaders' meeting in Brussels as soon as possible. And also referring to the unblocking of communications, Klar stated that any road, any railway that would pass through the territory of Armenia should be controlled by Armenia. He emphasized that they share Nikol Pashinyan's vision of crossroads of peace and railway connections uniting the countries. And also speaking about the right of Arsakh citizens to return to Nagorno-Karabakh, Klar said that it is very important that their right to return is guaranteed and conditions are created that will ensure sufficient safety and security for them to return. And Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan stated this week that some of the Western forces are still unable to understand that a new era has begun in the region with the Karabakh war. Those who have been provoking Armenia for years, seeking benefit for themselves from the suffering of all people living in this geography have actually caused the greatest harm to Armenia, he said. Using the Armenians, they condemned them to distrust and gave them empty dreams that were impossible to fulfill. Armenia should see and accept these realities, he said. Erdogan added that it would be more correct that the people and leaders of Armenia seek security not thousands of kilometers away, but in peace and cooperation with their neighbors. No amount of munitions sent by the Western countries can replace the stability that will bring lasting peace, he said. 
He also called on Armenia to accept the hand of peace extended by Azerbaijan. I repeat that we, Turkey, are also ready to take necessary steps for the success of this process in cooperation with Azerbaijan, he said. And Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev chimed in. In Baku, during a joint press conference with the President of Iraq, he said that Armenia should plan its future based on its own national interests, not on the ambitions of states far from the region and with a bloody colonial past. And also on November 18, Azerbaijan's foreign ministry announced that Washington is no longer an acceptable mediator for Baku in the negotiations with Yerevan. The statement read that Azerbaijan prefers to directly negotiate with Armenia. And as a reminder, on November 15, the U.S. Senate adopted the Armenia Defense Act of 2023 that will suspend all military aid to Azerbaijan by repealing the Freedom Support Act Section 907 waiver for fiscal year 2024 or 2025. Azerbaijan's parliament also condemned the Armenia Defense Act of 2023 uh, passed by the U.S. Senate. The statement read that this is a serious blow to the relations between the two countries. The statement also said that the act adopted by the U.S. Senate is a vivid example of double standards and selective approach, and that this is a serious obstacle to the efforts to establish peace in the region. The parliament of Azerbaijan criticized America's diplomacy in general and claimed that the U.S. foreign policy has completely failed in recent years. And on November 21, the U.S. Department spokesperson, uh, Matthew Miller, despite Azerbaijan's announcement, said that Washington is ready to facilitate negotiations between Armenia and Azerbaijan and continues to engage the leadership of both countries to achieve a lasting and strong peace where the rights of all represented are respected. He added that it is also important that Armenia and Azerbaijan directly discuss and resolve issues issues for the benefit of the region. He also went on to say that the U.S. has seen that other countries are also willing to contribute to these negotiations, something which the U.S. welcomes. And as always, Hikmet Hajiev, Aliyev's assistant, weighed in and said that Armenia should understand that the roots of the peace are here, not in Washington, Brussels, or Paris. Hajiev noted that in order to promote peace and achieve serious success, Armenia should turn its attention to the region and continue negotiations with Azerbaijan. He stated that Armenia is still looking outside to the region when it comes to the peace agreements and that Azerbaijan says that instead of putting a third party on the agenda, Armenia and Azerbaijan should advance the negotiations on the peace agreements. The ball is in Armenia's court, he said. So uh, just a side note here, uh, the, these announcements by Erdogan, by Aliyev, by Hajiyev is something that uh, we hear usually from Moscow, from the Kremlin and Zakharova. So they seem to be taking a page from Zakharova's notebook this week. On that note, the 21st autumn meeting of the OSCE Parliamentary Assembly took place in Armenia from November 18 to 20. Uh, Turkey, Azerbaijan and Russia did not take part in the assembly sh- session with no further explanation provided. The meeting was held under the theme OSCE in times of crisis, the role of the Parliamentary Assembly in responding to international external challenges and brought together 300 deputies and delegations from 47 countries to Armenia. During the session, Armenia's Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan reflected on the peace process again between Azerbaijan and Armenia, naturally stating that the two countries still speak different diplomatic languages and very often do not understand 
understand each other. He added that as a result of the long-lasting conflict, there is no trust between the sides which hinders the peace process. The Prime Minister mentioned that in this atmosphere of mistrust, Azerbaijan's calling Armenia Western Azerbaijan is suspicious and seems like a preparation for a new war. And from OSCE to CSTO, this week the Collective Security Council summits took place in Minsk under the chairmanship of the Belarusian president Alexander Lukashenko. Armenian officials, including Armenia's prime minister, foreign minister, defense minister, and the secretary of the Security Council, declined to participate in the summit. A day before the summit, Russia's president spoke. Person Dmitry Peskov reflected on the refusal of high-ranking Armenian officials to take part in the summit, expressing hope that Armenia will continue its work with the organization. And yesterday, Peskov stated that the CSTO is interested in Armenia's participation in the military alliance and expressed hope that it will not change its political vector. He added that Armenia continues to be Russia's partner, both in bilateral and multilateral formats. And during the summit, among other other issues discussed, the CSDO Secretariat announced that the organization continues its work on sending an observation mission to Armenia. Earlier, however, Armenia had requested that the CSTO not deploy a mission to Armenia and to remove the matter concerning assistance to Armenia from its agenda. And Russia's foreign ministry spokesperson, Maria Zakharova, also reacted to Armenia's decision not to participate in the CSTO summit in Minsk, calling it regrettable. She added that the decision does not meet the interests of the Armenian people. And reflecting on Armenia's statements on not changing its factors, Zakharova said that Armenia's fundamental shift in its foreign policy is clear and the country's attempts to conceal that change are futile. And again, a side note here, uh, we're talking about Armenia's fundamental shift in its foreign policy vector. Uh, I really want to remind you if you haven't read it already, to go back and see the EVN security report for the month of October. It's called Security Independence Through Security Diversification. Uh, in the security report, Dr. Neses Kopalian really tries to explain as why Armenia's turn towards the West is not a shift in its factor and rather an attempt uh, for uh, for an independent security structure uh, for Armenia. He also kind of points out that this is exactly what Azerbaijan has done by stepping away from the West towards Russia a little bit and also what has happened in Georgia. The country stepped away from the West towards Russia also and these are not factor changes as much as they are an attempt to have independent security decision-making powers. Well, back to Zakharova. Zakharova went on to criticize the EU mission in Armenia, stating that it does not provide security, whereas the establishment of CSTO forces along the Armenia-Azerbaijan border would ensure Armenia's security. And Zakharova also commented on the delivery of French arms to Armenia, calling them useless and incapable of enhancing Armenia's security, insinuating that France sold Armenia weapons that don't work and no one else wanted. Meanwhile, India continues delivering arms to Armenia. According to the Indian Defense Research Wing outlet, Armenia is now acquiring Indian-made 155mm wheeled self-propelled howitzers. This is already Armenia's second major arms deal with India within this month. In the beginning of November, Armenia purchased $41 million worth of anti-drone military equipment from India as well.
And this week, Army and the EU signed an agreement that assumes the expansion of the EUMA's capacity in Armenia. For uh, so far, according to Azadatun, 70 more observers joined the mission, which already had 100 observers in Armenia since the end of February. This week, Armenia's foreign minister, Ayat Mirzoyan, was on a working visit to Manama, Bahrain. Mirzoyan met with Bahrain's foreign minister and secretary general of the League of the Arab States. During the meeting, the sides discussed the security situation in the South Caucasus and the Middle East. Both sides expressed willingness to develop cooperation in various fields. And on November 22, Iraq's President Abdul Latif Rashid arrived in Armenia on an official visit. The Iraqi President met with the Armenian Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan, where the sides discussed bilateral relations, including regional security and stability, as well as Armenia-Azerbaijan relations. During his visit, the Iraqi President also visited Tizernagaber, the Armenian Genocide Memorial. Before arriving in Armenia, he was on a working visit in Azerbaijan, where he had met with Azerbaijan's President. Ilham Aliyev. On November 18, Armenia's defense ministry reported that Azerbaijani armed forces fired at the Armenian position of Bayur Sevak. This is in the Ararat region, and as a result, an Armenian serviceman was wounded. The serviceman's life is not in danger, and his condition is stable. Azerbaijan's defense ministry denied the report, calling it a provocation and a lie. And also this week, Azerbaijan accused uh, Arsakh resident Rashid Beklarian of committing ethnic cleansing in Karabas Khojalu region in December of 1991. Azerbaijan State Border Guard Service claimed that Beklarian had accepted the charges and showed in detail the places where criminal actions were allegedly committed against the Azerbaijani civil population. And as a reminder, the 61-year-old Beklarian accidentally crossed into Azerbaijani-controlled territory uh, in a state of intoxication back in over August, uh, and was abducted by the Azerbaijani forces. And some sports news this week for a change. This week uh, in the 2024 European Football Championship, the Armenian national football team drew 1-1 one, uh, one with the Welsh national team in Yerevan and the noise was unbelievable in the city that weekend. A few days later, Armenia lost 0-1 to to Croatia in Zagreb and in Still other sports news, the Armenian chess team took third place and won a bronze medal in the European Team Championship in the tournament held in Budva in Montenegro, the Armenian team scored 13 points. Serbia and Germany are in the first and second places with 15 points each. In the women's tournament, the Armenian team took the 11th place. And uh, in one last news, during the 42nd session of the UNESCO General Assembly held in Paris, a decision was made to include the 100-year anniversaries of the births of Charles Aznavour and Sergei Parajanov in the 2024-2025 calendar of the Jubilees of Famous People and Important Events of UNESCO. And that was all for this week. Thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week.